Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transform My Issues Podcast. And today is a very, very big day. Today is Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. I am hoping that you are enjoying time with your family. Most importantly, I hope you're enjoying this very special day with God. This is the day that Jesus was born. This is the day to remember that Jesus was born. And it's just so beautiful, like what his life has done for me and what his life has done for the world. It's just so beautiful, you know, when I think about it. And um, yeah, I just I just encourage everybody to just really, really, really connect with God tonight and tomorrow and for the rest of the days of your life, because Jesus is the best investment you can ever make in your entire life. He's just so amazing. But anyway, I am going to be summarizing the book of Esther. I almost did not create a post today, but I'm like, "Mm." it's been some time since I posted and I have really been digging into the book of Esther. It is such an incredible faith building book. It's just wow. Um, It's just 10 chapters and I did not cover even like 40% of the book is just so much to unpack and i'm just gonna challenge everybody to just really really study it out on you version watch youtube videos like just really go into the book because it's just so amazing um god is just so present and um i think mean, this is actually a perfect day to to upload the episode about the book of esther is because you just see how god's hand was in the story so i'll just encourage all the listeners to just really really pay attention to like the events that happens in the book of esther so here it goes cain is Zechariah gave a banquet chapter one verses one through three his wealth was displayed And he had a banquet for seven days, and the guests were able to drink with no restrictions, verses 4 through 8. This may sound like a glamorous life, but it is no life for disciples of Christ. We either worship God or money, Matthew 6, 24. We either indulge in the flesh or in the spirit, Romans 8 and Colossians 3. We either gratify the sins of the flesh or we live for Christ, Galatians 5. Ecclesiastes and Psalm 73 are great things to read to focus on as well. Queen Vashti also hosted a banquet for the ladies in verse 9. Cain and Xerxes wanted Queen Vashti to display her beauty, but she refused to come. The king was upset. This happened in verses 10 to 12. This led to the king issuing a decree that Queen Vashti can never enter the presence of King Xerxes and will and that he will find someone else to be in her position verses 19 to 22 this was made so that all women respect their husbands in verse 20 the bible does command wives to respect their husbands just like husbands have to love their wives ephesians 5 21 to 33 colossians 3 18 through 19 first timothy 2 11 to 15 this is a beautiful representation of Christ's love for his church. To emphasize the summary of chapter 1, King Ezekiel hosted a banquet in verse 3, displayed his wealth for 180 days in verse 4, held a banquet that lasts for 7 days verse 5, and allowed his guests 
to drink with no restrictions in verse 8. Queen Vashti held a banquet for the woman in verse 9. King Xerxes commanded seven eunuchs to bring the queen to display her beauty to the people and the nobles, but she refused to come, verses 10 through, 11, through 10 through 12. The king resulted in anger, verse 12. Some people disagree with the king and some people disagree with the queen. But these verses hit home, verses 16 through 18. Then Ramakan replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all of the province of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they would despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and Median woman of the nobility will have heard about the queen's conduct, will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. End quote. The queen's refusal will teach other women to, to disrespect their husbands. What we do as disciples really matters, and we can influence people to follow Christ or get away from Christ. We have to be careful to ensure that we do not sin because it will affect and influence the people around us. Basically, Queen Vashti was no, was no longer able to enter the presence of the king in verse 19 and 21. That is why I have to ensure that I bring people closer to God by my words and my actions. The queen, no, the king also did not honor and respect his wife. She was not a Barbie doll to be displayed for the king and other people's enjoyment. She is a person as well. But like I also mentioned, wives need to respect their husbands and have a gentle and quiet spirit and be keepers in the home, which is actually things that I personally treasure. Um, I treasure these, 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 these things. And I see it as such beautiful, you know, women submitting to their husbands and, you know, being keepers of the home and just being gentle and quiet and just being a light to the world. It's just so beautiful that we can, that, that, that us as females, that we was designed to, to, to just have these qualities of Christ. These are qualities of Christ. Christ has never these qualities and we get to be a part of that. And the men get to display qualities of Christ that 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 God designed for them. It's just so beautiful, you know? But anyway, I'm going to keep going on about it. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, yes. So for us to have a gentle and quiet spirit and to be keepers in the home. And husbands um, rule. Uh, wait, let's see. Oh, yes, the husbands rule the household. Yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, the husbands represents Christ and the bride represents the church. The church submits and follow Christ's example. And that is the same thing that is supposed to happen in a godly marriage. In chapter two, the hunt for a beautiful young virgin to serve the king was created. In verses one through four. Um, Mordecai took Esther as his own daughter when her mother and father died. Verse 7. Um, start quote. Um, rich, oh, oopsie. Um, verse 5 and 6. Now there was a citadel of Susa, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, named Mordecai, son of Jera, the son of Shimrai, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among those taken captive with Joachim, 
king of Judah, end quote. As the one favored the king, she had to go through many beauty treatments and other things, verses 8 through 9, 12 through 14. Verse 10. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so, end quote. Esther won favor of everyone who saw her, and she was taken to King Xerxes in verses 15 and 16. Mordecai did something extraordinary in verses 21 and 22. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Big Dama and Cherush, two of the king's officials, guards, look, two of the king's officials, Officers who guarded the doorway became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who reported to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. Verse 23. And when the report was investigated and found it to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. All this was recorded in the book of the annals in the presence of the king. End quote. So just just hold on to that part about what Mordecai did. And just hold to the part about how Esther won favor. That's going to be so important. And these are just some of the things that God has been doing in the story. So check it out. In chapter 3, King Xerxes honored Haman higher than all the other nobles. In verse 1 of chapter 3, people knelt and paid honor to Haman except for Mordecai. Verse 2. Mordecai went through persecution, but still did not comply and was told that he was a Jew. Haman became enraged and decided to kill all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, verses 3-6. This makes me really sad. Mordecai only wanted to honor God, and Haman's idolatry of praise and recognition brought him to this. Clinging on to sins will consume you so much that you would do something that you never wanted to do or be something that you never wanted to be. Trust me, I know firsthand. Haman bought some really faulty explanation, and the king agreed for Haman to do whatever he pleases in verses 7 through 11. It became a law in verse 14. And what was scary was that Haman did not give all the details to the king. In chapter 4, Mordecai heard about what happened, and it negatively affected him, verses 1 through 3. I can't imagine how Mordecai felt. He saved the king's life, and now he is in danger. And another man named Haman is getting the glory. It must have been a devastating blow to him. But don't you worry. You will see in the future chapters about how faithful God is and how God changes the circumstances in his timing. Esther reported the following words to Mordecai. Verses 10 through 16. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king and in the court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to him and spares their lives. But in thirty days had passed since I was since thirty days had passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back his answer. Do not think that just because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have, been come, you have 
come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther said this reply to Mordecai. Go, come to your royal position. No, go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susha and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. End quote. Those texts are one of my favorite books, favorite verses in the books of Esther. Esther decided to save the Jews would cost her her life, but she choosing to not save the Jews would definitely cost her her life and countless of others. God will complete his will, but may use someone else. Once she, dis- once she heard that, she repented and decided to go after it. She decided to let God in and not do it herself. Esther decided to fast. That was truly an incredibly faith building. I need to do the same when God calls me to do something I feel like I cannot do or do not want to do. And the great thing I got from like a commentary about this is that, you know, the cane, he, you know, like for instance, like Esther had to go through all these beauty treatments and stuff like that. And what happened was that like, um, her, you know, fasting, you know, like you're going to be like weak and frail and tired. Like you're not going to be like best wise appearance, but she was so surrendered that she was willing to make herself weak so that she can actually go to the king and let God lead. That is just so incredible. She could have been like, okay, I'm going to look so beautiful and I'm going to do all these different things. But she was like, you know what? I'm going to do the opposite of what I want. And I'm going to let God lead. And I'm going to let God do things in his time and in his way and, and like having it be like that. And let me tell you, ladies, like this is something that's actually been applied to in my life. Like it's been... Like, I had a situation that it's been over six to seven, like, over six months, close to seven months that I wanted to do something. And I was just like, no, like, God, lead. And, like, I see doors is opening now. And it's because of the fact that I was like, I'm going to step back and let God lead in his timing and let God do this. And it's been really, really faith-building for me. But anyway, let me get back to the story. That will be um, in the post in a different time because things are still pending. So I don't know how it's going to go. But anyway, um, in chapter 5, Esther speaks to the king and does not directly mention about Haman's plans or anything. She strategically asks the king the following. Verse 7. Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. Verse 8. If the king rewards me with favor and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request... Let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet. I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question, end quote. Haman saw that Mordecai did not rise or show fear in his presence. He was filled with rage. Haman's wife, Zergrush, suggested that Haman ask the king to have Mordecai be impaled on it. Haman agreed with his wife and the poll was set up. That was in verses 13 and 14. Before that, Haman was bragging about how he was the only person, Queen Esther, Invited to the banquet with the king tomorrow, and that he won't be satisfied when he sees Mordecai there. Verses eleven to thirteen. I remember being like that. I would tell God that I need to have this and that, and I won't be happy unless I have it. That type of mindset is daily in the form of idolatry. Plus, it never works. We can only have true satisfaction in Christ alone. None in this world is meant to fill our empty hearts. End quote. So thank you so much for listening to Transformation's podcast. Stay tuned for part two. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.